0: Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit. And I am here in my virtual studio with my partner and Wealth360, all things wealth and all things financial guru, Michael Finer. What's happening, Mike? Not
1: too much. Just back from our office in Naples, Florida, and where it was warm, and now freezing to death here in, in Boston.
0: So, uh, how are the folks doing down in Florida?
1: Uh, surprisingly well, I mean, they're just amazingly upbeat. I I actually gave a presentation at the Financial Planning Association on casualty tax losses. I know a subject that sounds a little bit mundane, but was very important to, you know, to their particular circumstances.
0: Certainly relevant, unfortunately.
1: Very relevant. Very relevant.
0: Um, yeah, I know you're kind of expanding your, your footprint even, you know, more and more down into Florida. Isn't that, is that true?
1: Well, a lot of people, as you know, you know, you are in Colorado like to be warm in the winter Mm -hmm. and, uh, Florida has a a lot of positives from a tax perspective, but I think most of it seems to be lifestyle people, probably a third of my clients seem to migrate to South Florida for the lifestyle, the warmth and, uh, you know, a bunch bunch of other opportunities.
0: We'll have to run some enneagram assessments on the types of people who go to Florida, maybe versus like California and Arizona. I'm sure. That, yeah, uh,
1: I'm, I'm, I would I would suspect they fall into a certain category. Of people who, uh, you know, like like the sun. Probably, I, I suspect the topic today might have a lot of people who like to go to Florida, South Florida. I
0: think so. That's a good segue. So our topic today is. Um, Exploring the Enneagram Three, the Achiever, through the lens of wealth, and you know, as you've been following us, if you haven't, you can go back and listen to previous podcasts. We've tried to be a little more methodical the past few weeks, and we've gone through what well, we've gone through Enneagram One, Two, and now Three, um, and I've been doing that also simultaneously without Michael to just kind of give more of an overview of each type, and then Michael and I have been jumping on and talking about the. Um, the Wealth 360, which is our shared efforts, bringing uh, his financial expertise together with my Enneagram expertise and really seeing the Enneagram type through the lens of their particular style of wealth. And in this case, we are calling the Enneagram 3 the achiever in our wealth system, the growth investor. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the growth investor?
1: Well, you know, the growth The growth investor is just like it sounds. The anti three is, for lack of a better, you know, one word um, summary, is someone who is an achiever or someone who is ambitious. And that really correlates to a growth investor who is trying to get the most out of their money, probably in a risk-adjusted way, though, not completely speculative, per se, but in in a logical, aggressive way? So Enneagram
0: 3 is um, probably the highest earner of all the Enneagram types. I've done quite a bit of research on this. And I would say from what I've confined, Enneagram 3, the Achiever, and Enneagram 8, the Challenger, are probably the two highest earners. But 3, I think, really surpasses them because, not because necessarily they... um, are so much more money driven, nearly as much as in our society, we tend to benchmark success around financial wealth. And if you're out there succeeding, and in our culture, that means probably climbing various ladders, including the corporate ladder, or some type of business ladder, you're going to be um, climbing towards wealth. And so threes, eights, and, and sevens, to a little bit lesser degree, but still, I would say those are the top three earners, um and those are probably the top three motivated by money and a three is the very very top does that sound right
1: it does I mean especially with some of the investors and people that you've explained you know that are threes but I I myself as you've tested me am a three so I can can relate to it they tend to be uh personalities that are that are driven by our capitalistic system in, Mm -hmm. in many ways and are attracted to the system that we have of reward through specific financial result, you know re- financial compensation in in many ways. that they intrinsically work towards that sometimes more than other other rewards.
0: Well, that's just I think because our society values that. there's a there's an old joke, and I won't go through the whole joke, but about uh, a young guy who drops out of medical school and you know calls his parents He says, "I'm in an ashram in India. And i reject your western ways you're so competitive you're so aggressive you're all about getting ahead and they say please son come home and he says i can't come home now i'm number two in the ashram and the guru says if i stick around i can soon be number one right <laughs> yeah. and so we can turn any system <laughs> that's right into a climbing culture so you know you just take your enneagram threeness and you apply it to well the ashram or to you know being the most spiritual or whatever And and again, in our Western and most of the world now, we really revere climbing the ladder of success defined by how much money you got in the bank, how your financial, what's your financial portfolio look like, or even, you know, confusing the terms worth and self-worth because they get conflated in our society. Not bad, not good, just is, but threes know how to climb. I, I would just say for our audience, you know, you are an Enneagram three, and we haven't gotten into, and we're not going to go into it in this podcast episode, but there are subtypes and you're the muted um, Enneagram three. So you don't usually come across as a three when I've worked with um, some of our shared clients. We have clients who um, utilize Michael for his financial expertise and me for my Enneagram expertise and helping them navigate life. And so they're always a little surprised that you're a three, except for the way you dress. You do dress like a three.
1: Um, yeah, I can't, am I a three or a one or both? You, you yeah.
0: definitely have both, but
1: three and but, one.
0: But self-preservation, which is a subtype, is a little more muted. It's a little more, um, don't let them see you sweat kind of a three, whereas the other threes are really visibly three-ish.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, obviously, since you pointed it out to me in particular, I definitely look at things like, from from that first step, second step, third step, next step, mentality. No matter what the situation is, for better or for worse, I think that's one thing. You know why uh, threes can be growth investors or other things. They want to see step one followed by step two, step three, and they want to see improvement in in each in each position. That's a, that's a great it's point. That way, they're wired that way for just the next step. So.
0: Um... Threes are really all about efficiency, right? And which is interesting because this is where they get themselves in a little bit of trouble too, because they're part of a triad, there are three different triads of the emotional triad. And, you know, threes tend not to strike people as emotional type. We all have emotions, but most threes I know don't lead with their emotions. And here's one reason why, because their emotions are not efficient. Emotions tend to get in the way. And so they kind of have ability to push emotions aside and bypass them to get to the head, to get to the action center, the gut. And so threes are really efficient driven. And I, I'm sure you, you said that, but I'm sure you see it not only in yourself, but in your three-ish clients.
1: Without, without question. Um, emotions don't, don't really produce profit per se. In fact, it's probably the opposite. The less emotional that you can be the more logical you can you can analyze things i suppose and and move, move to the next steps in 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 an investment perspective that's that's the old you know adage leave your emotions you know out of it
0: so you know it's it's an important ability especially like right now in a very volatile market where it's up it's down and We talked about the Enneagram one, the blue chip investor, and helping them zoom out to not see the day-to-day fluctuations because it starts to make them nuts. Threes, I think, have a natural ability to zoom out.
1: I think you've taught me a lot about how you know anxiety enters into the equation, you know, for people and different enneagram types that have anxiety. And I can say that threes, at least for myself. I don't have anxiety in certain situ- pressure situations for whatever reason that the stock market going crazy doesn't affect me like it affects other people mm-hmm. and it allows me to make clearer decisions as as a result that doesn't mean other things don't affect me but in this particular case when it comes to analytically looking at up down numbers it doesn't affect me emotionally when when the markets are going down I'm not that's not hundred percent of the time I mean, When the market was going down during the pandemic it affects me but certainly not in a magnified basis like it would a two or you know maybe uh um an eight or uh, you know other people and i think that has maybe that's why we can be good financial advisors or military leaders or other thing you can disconnect on certain things Mm -hmm. where emotions maybe aren't a benefit of course that's why you always tell me I'm divorced and all the other things, <laughs> <laughs> and he never lets me off with like I'm. It's good, this, is good, this is a good military thing. It's like yeah, but that's why you're single, Mike. Like, come on. <laughs> um, you know, so I, that's why I say I, I do understand that I don't look at emotions as negative, but there's times when emo- when having being less emotional can be, a, probably serve. Yeah, And there I, are times I, when being less emotional serves one very badly, so it, it does go both ways.
0: Look, I want my surgeon, I want my, you know, my general, you, I want my financial planner, you, to really check the emotions at the door Mm -hmm. and um, not make the cut based on, you know, an emotional feeling. I feel like this is the right place to cut. Um, So, you know, there are certain professions that lend themselves towards certain types. And I would argue that, I don't think I have to argue, I don't have data, but I don't think I need data to know a disproportionate amount of threes are involved in finance in some way, shape or form for the reasons you said. And in our Enneagram system, you know, the wealth 360 system, we have a section called risk and reactivity. And what's interesting about the threes is they're the only ones that are high. They have a high risk tolerance for some of the reasons we, we talked about and a, and a low reactivity, um, And that's the only one because like an eight, I have high risk tolerance as an Enneagram eight, the challenger, but I also have high reactivity.
1: Hmm. And I'm wondering if, you know, the more you've taught me, I feel like I'm beyond being a white belt, if you hear, uh, certainly not a black belt, but it's, it seems like threes can be, um, I know they're forward, forward looking, but also highly enthusiastic, and that enthusiasm can be a positive in a stock market or, or stressful situations. If, if you have natural um, enthusiasm toward, toward something. Yeah.
0: yeah. Threes are able to see the forest through the trees. They're able to kind of, you know, have that large macro view of the world. They're able to, subjugate, to mitigate their feelings. Um, They're able to really check the reactivity and engage, you know, risk, not risky, but riskier behavior. And so all those things add up to, yeah, you're built for the battlefield. There isn't a close second other than eights, but eights are a little getting more volatile or reactive. So I do think you see a lot of eights in the financial industry as well. Um, but probably healthier eights. Whereas now look, you know, your favorite topic is when I also bust your chops about not only. You're um, not going
1: to bring this up, are you? (laughs) You I know. (laughs) uh, Come on.
0: His favorite topic. Drum roll, please. Here we go.
1: Here we go. White collar criminals. Oh yeah. Thanks a lot. Don't tell me that, you know, Okay. All right. I know you're going to bring up Bertie Madoff and, you know, they're all. Other players, Who else but...
0: are we bringing up? Who are our favorite? Let's leave them <laughs> our well, top no, five exactly. favorite. I'm,
1: I'm, Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to be, you know, um, an impolite three. And Okay. Cause this is perfect timing. So what about our, what about the late, the latest, uh, you know, disaster in the financial community, the FTX crypto crisis? I don't know how much you're following for Sam Bankman Freed. Um i don't think he's a three per se but he might he must have elements of of, of three i mean he named a stadium after you know he's he, he sponsored the miami i think the dolphin stadium some other things he doesn't necessarily come off maybe completely as a three and i don't know how much you've been following this crypto crisis I've only but i think it's minimal it's 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 interesting he, he you know has some issues there right I
0: don't know anything about him. And so now you've given me a homework assignment, but you you know more than I do about him. But I would imagine crypto lends itself more towards the five, the investigator. They they tend to be, although they're conservative, we call them the conservative investor in our type, they're only conservative in areas that they don't have understanding. But if they have understanding, right, then they don't need to be so conservative. And I've seen a lot of fives are really invested in crypto. Would, would you imagine he could be a
1: five? Well, you, you've, you've had a good setup. I was thinking he probably is a five. And he's a, uh, definitely think you're a real, real smart guy. That's, and probably is a five, but I also suspect he's high in three only because He doesn't look like a five, but he's doing all the things that he's very image conscious. Uh And he's creating something around him that would probably not quite what it was made out to be. So he, I don't want to say threes exaggerate, but there's probably a lot of, I'm not going to go into the whether it was criminal or not criminal or that type of thing, but there's an exaggeration or overextension of his limits.
0: So, but that's, you know, that's the thing about Madoff, your favorite topic, but also Elizabeth Holmes. Have you seen that documentary on Elizabeth Holmes?
1: I I have. I have. And they just, you know, cleaner versions of he's a younger guy, Sam, you know, Bankman Freed. But get him in a Brooks Brothers suit. And give them a haircut, and it's the same situation. So I was watching
0: ways. that um, documentary. I can't remember what it's called. I can't remember where I watched it. Was a it Hulu or somewhere? Maybe it was Hulu. Um, and I thought Elizabeth Holmes was a five because she almost had this like weird um, social affect. You know, Mark Zuckerberg has that five thing going, right? Lots of fives do. It's they're better. They're they're better in their head than they are out in the world, and sometimes they don't even realize. They're in their head or coming from their head, and people can't really connect with their heart. And so Elizabeth Holmes had this kind of disconnect too. But then what she she was a three, or she is a three, for the reasons you just named, because that image consciousness really kicks in. And that's when you could feel that she starts down the path of self-deceit, right? Lying. And it's not it didn't even start as lying to others. Like I think that a three can really start lying to themselves. And fudging the truth long enough and it just grows like a child's tail right you remember reading this to your kids you know the, the monster that just keeps growing and growing because you're just right. feeding it
1: yeah i think this and, and i wonder about it because watching this crypto you know debacle um and overextending it i think it's maybe th- some threes i don't know if it's a li- just lying to themselves or they're just getting overconfidence because they feel that they can they're achieving whatever they whatever they set out to do they have had success and they overextend you know that confidence i i don't know in this case but it's it's an interesting tool to you know to look at and you have to if if you have someone who's a three investor you have to regulate them a little bit and, and mediate their you know desires to invest in you know crypto and other things because imagine that right you, you can make money in crypto for a long, long time. It ran hard until, I don't know, January, February this year before Humpty Dumpty fell off the the wall.
0: So that's, I think, the shadow side of the growth, right? And, and part of your work, you know, we're, we've created th- uh, Wealth360 to help financial Planners and you know, people in the financial industry to better understand their clients, and I think knowing that it's a growth investor, part of your work, right, is to help um, anchor them into smart growth, into long term growth, and not into expediency. And this is where three starts to get into trouble when they start choosing expediency over efficiency.
1: Yeah, that's a great word, and I think. You really hit the center of gravity with the expediency. I think that is the kryptonite for as I see it for the three pages. But, that,
0: but that's the that's the self-deceit. It isn't lying. Threes are not liars. It's they start telling themselves cutting the corner is actually good for the stakeholder. And it might be in the short term, but then it just starts, you know, you look at like Enron, right? The collapse of these mega three corporations. They didn't start out. As Ponzi schemes. I mean, they just started out as cutting corners and expediency growing out of control. And so, you know, nothing starts out evil, and it it just needs to be checked. And I think that's your work with three with three uh, investors versus, you know, like for instance, the six, which is a cross. If you look at the enneagram, it's a cross from the three, and the six, the the um, loyalist, they have the opposite problems. They need to take action and not be so thorough. Like there comes a time when it's, re- you know, it's ready, fi- aim, fire, pull the trigger, not ready, aim, 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 aim. And so we look at these yin and yangs on the Enneagram and your work as a financial planner is to almost do the opposite for each one.
1: Hmm. Well, that it, it is very helpful, especially in volatile stock market times where it brings out the best and worst of people because you started this whole program about, I remember when you first explained this to me that it's about your core fear Mm -hmm. and you get to your core fear when the stock market is getting hammered. Right. Right.
0: That's right. And so, you know, it brings out the best and the worst and your, your job is to help, Kind of help people find their center of balance and usually there's a truth somewhere in the middle and it's not going to these extremes on our Enneagram types but coming back to the center so what are some um what are some investment strategies we might suggest are Enneagram three strategies
1: as you mentioned Enneagram threes we call them the growth investors but they're going to want a portfolio that is different than say the anagram one or blue chip investor, they may have a foundation in in solid, for example, blue chip stocks and whatnot, but they're also going to want some novelty and some growth. And novelty and growth are going to be new ideas. They're going to be novel ideas. They're going to be different ideas. And crypto could be one of them. You just can't overinvest in it. So a three will be pleased to own crypto. They're going to be pleased to own biotech. They're going to be pleased to own marijuana. They're going to be pleased to own you know, electric vehicles, something new with the perception of the future, because they're very future oriented. The the key is going to be to balance that because not all new things are, are transmutable to profit or to, to growth, right? You can have the next electric car, but it may not be the next profitable electric car company.
0: Yeah, I imagine threes got hit harder than you know most when or they do get hard, hit harder the most when NASDAQ heavy portfolios, yeah, right, get hit right. NASDAQ
1: tend to be the innovation/ slash growth newer companies. They're heavy in technology, heavy in biotech, stuff like that. They'll I'm sure they're a disproportionate number of threes who are investing in cryptocurrency. You're not going to have many sixes in cryptocurrency. You're going to have more threes, and stuff like that. So, it's 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 probably regulating their um, passion for too much growth. Again, too much of a good thing, as you say, right? To make sure this control growth.
0: So, so that's interesting too, because and you just named it um, threes are probably the most image conscious of all Enneagram types twos as well, but twos do it more from a relationship perspective and threes. If they do it, they're doing it more from an, a status um, perspective. So for instance, you know, threes were probably early adopters of Tesla, you know, now it's kind of a thing, but I think threes really got into that until in some ways, probably until it became a thing and now they're on to the next thing.
1: No, you're, you're, you're exactly, you're exactly right.
0: So, um, so knowing that image conscious, you know, and so I, for instance, I know a couple threes who were really pushing me it a year ago or something on Dogecoin, like I, I, I'm an eight, like that thing just, I have no control. I, I can't even wrap my head around it. So I'm really not all that interested in investing in yeah. it.
1: But well, that, but, that crypto
0: was no longer enough. And now it was like the nuance of crypto. That was the, the cool part, right. growing part of crypto
1: no you're right five years ago a three being in crypto that you were the cool kid Mm -hmm. then everyone understood crypto so it wasn't about crypto it was about some nuance you know within 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 crypto so no no question about it so it's just checking that it's not bad or
0: good it's just really as a three you know if you're a growth investor out there listening um or if you're working with michael he'll steer you in this direction but it's just about knowing our Reaction, our tendencies—if we're unconscious—and just kind of checking where is that coming from. Why am I, you know, shifting my money over to Dogecoin? What's the intention behind it? And that's why I love the Enneagram because there's a lot of personality assessments out there that talk about you know what we do and how we do it, but the Enneagram really gets into the why. And for an Enneagram three, just checking the why of the status piece because three is coming back to our, our why. Threes are really driven by this need to be successful, and that comes from a fear, deep, deep down, of being a failure. And so really kind of understanding that can just help temper some of these investments and make better investments.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head in balancing that with the ability of a three to zoom out, which is the strength that can help other three investors not be expedient Mm -hmm. and i think that's the key to success because they are able to zoom out yet the the dark side is they want to be expedient so those two things i mean who who wins that battle of the
0: well there's some great victors out there you know i would say that Putting together information for our program, Wealth360, was very easy when it came to the threes. It was not so easy with the Enneagram Fours, the individualist. But if you look at, I mean, here's just a quick, quick snapshot of some threes. Jeff Bezos, uh, Lee Iacocca, Phil Knight, Oprah Winfrey, Michael Bloomberg, Jack Welch, Dave Ramsey, Steve Ballmer, Tim Cook, Sheldon Adelson. I'm going to cut it off there. I mean, the list goes on and on. So there are many, many examples of people who chose effectiveness over expediency, and it can be done. And we can defy our number. I'm not going to shame Michael by reading all of the white collar criminals, but that's well. The I, my I name. you know,
1: you did put one on there, which kind of resonated with me only because I just I watched the movie on the plane when I came back from from Naples, and that was Elvis. Ah. Right. I mean, talk about talent, talk about achievement, talk about r- rise, a meteor, meteoric rise. And then a crash. Well, the crash, his expediency of, of drugs, of, you know, whatever self-medication, whatever else he was doing to help, you know, keep that pace. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he died at what, 42 or 43? Crazy. I remember exactly where I was when I heard he died in August of 77. It was right before my bar mitzvah, believe it or not, like a month before. And it was stunning, right? That of all Pete Elvis, right? The top of the world had died. And no one knew the backstory of it, right? His lifestyle. And it seems like that's expediency. And when you mentioned Jack Welch the same way, this Jack Welch was the, he, he, he was the pinnacle of this is you do it like jack Welch g e mm-hmm. now you know that's sort of reversed itself. There are books and there's a, a viewpoint out there that he he destroyed capitalism, right That's the latest book sure. and some of the thesis that he he was too he gutted too many companies for expedient and expediency is is the is the word mm-hmm. in, in many ways the dark side of of capitalism um, so you 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 make so many points. I won't go into Andrew Carnegie or you know, you know, other other things, but I I love how you make sure that there's a yin and yang in in, in each of these approaches.
0: Well, we need them all, we have them all within us. And the question is is, you know, how much access do we have to um to these to the higher side and, and you know the lower side of each type. And so we, we have that both capabilities within us. Uh, the other piece the other thing I was I was listening to um do you ever listen to sports war? Great podcast. It's on Wondery.
1: Um, no, I can't say.
0: So it's fantastic. It's almost as good as ours. And I uh, was just listening to Dion Sanders versus Jerry Rice, oh, and oh, okay. ongoing battle. And Dion is the well, actually, they're both quintessential threes, but very different types of threes. And Dion Sanders, right, was just so. um or it's you know the ultimate image oriented, image conscious. And he hit a break point. He I didn't I remember this, but I listen I was shocked listening to it. There came a point when he tried to kill himself in the really yeah, he tried he, he tried driving off a cliff because he couldn't take it anymore. And he just hit this point break. And then he kind of had a born-again wake-up call and really changed his life around. But you know, we 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 can access the higher side of our type and we don't have to get to burn out and burn and gut companies and, you know, do a lot of damage. We can be proactive. And that's why we do this podcast. And that's why we're doing this work to help people become proactive. Whatever your Enneagram core type is, it doesn't matter. There isn't one that's better than the other. There are some that are more conducive to growing wealth and to, you know, engaging wealth, but, You have access to um, wealth and you have access to accumulating wealth and generating wealth, any Enneagram type. And that's why we've created this to, I think, help you maximize your abilities. And so, um, you know, using this system and working with Michael and myself, we believe can really help you uh, grow to the high side of your Enneagram number. And yes, in our society, it's very important to also grow your wealth. Any final thoughts about the Enneagram 3 before we wrap it up?
1: I think you've helped me learn how to understand myself as a 3 and how I approach other 3s, but also how to, as a 3, to understand that there there are other types of people who communicate differently and interpret things differently. And now I've changed some of my language and some of my approaches to to understand that better, to to customize things. And that's the big epiphany that I've had, that what you're the master of is changing the radio frequency, as we call it, to get on the other person's radio frequency so that they can understand the issues. Because we're dealing with highly intelligent people when we're dealing with investments, Mm -hmm. whatever the Enneagram is, but they still have to understand it and their frequency, their language, their mode of communication.
0: Yeah, you know, I've spoken to a couple of your clients who are probably Enneagram twos or certainly not threes. And they've said that you are able to connect with them at an emotional level and speak to them um, to allay their fears, you know, their emotional fears around their finances. But that's because of what you just said, because you're tuning into their radio frequency. You're speaking their language. You're seeing the world now through their lens and that's all we can do in this life. You know, they're masters. If you're an Enneagram two, listen to our previous podcast about the legacy investor, they're not necessarily masters in the financial domain. Typically they can be, but they're masters in the relationship domain. And so money is just a relationship, right? That's all it is. It helps us connect with other people, connect with ourselves, connect with our values. And so really appreciating the, the value that each Enneagram type brings and seeing them through that lens. And, and that's what you're doing. So, you know, you've become a master in that.
1: No, I'm just, I'm just on board your magnificent system that, that you've created here. And uh, I'm proud, I'm proud to be, uh, you know, a, a student of of your system here because it really is a masterful approach to looking at how you took the Enneagram to apply this towards, Wealth and 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 other domains that you're doing, but particularly toward wealth, which, as you said, is like it or not, is very critical part of of our lives.
0: You know, I'll end with this, and that is people. A couple people have said to me, "Well, why wealth? Like, you know, it's not really your thing, B, and it's not really my thing." However, I counsel people all day, every day, and I came to realize, like, twenty to. 50% 50% of my conversation revolved around some way, shape, or form wealth. You know, somebody, here's a here's a, um, a homework assignment for people listening. Count how many times tomorrow you engage with money. Now, I haven't touched a dollar bill like in months, but from the moment I get up, I'm dealing with it through Amazon to the moment I go to bed dealing with it through this, that, and the other, you know, on on Uh, facebook advertisements popping up all day every day we're bombarded with issues of money finance and wealth so it's part and parcel of our life and if we can understand it in a much more meaningful proactive powerful way then we're going to improve our relationships our lives and yes accumulate greater wealth so that's it my friend that's what we're doing
1: can't top that (laughs)
0: So we will see you next time. Make sure you listen to the other podcasts this week about the Enneagram 3, where we will talk about other things other than wealth, but it all comes together under the umbrella of the defiant spirit. And um, you can listen to the previous conversations about our investor types, Enneagrams 1 and 2, and stay tuned for future types as we continue to move forward. We're going to hit them all. So until then, defy your number and live your spirit. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, B. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to center for spirituality, meaning, and healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life live the defiant spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.